BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Before we begin, a reminder to please rate and review our show. It helps new listeners discover us and grow the program. On this episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly, this year marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX, a landmark and crucial federal civil rights law that's had a huge impact on women's sports. But despite all the progress that's been made over the last half century, there's still work to be done. Our producer, Jessica Yermoski, spoke with four SI staffers about five very real hurdles that women in sports are still facing. You'll hear Kristen Nelson, Emma Bachelari, Julie Kliegman, and Jamie Lasanti talk about how to close pay gaps, improve media coverage, fix disparities in merchandise, ensure that trans women have a place in athletics, and how women's sports can become accepted by the mainstream. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. I'm Kristen Nelson. I am an associate editor at SI. I work primarily on the special projects team, and I'm also our women's sports editor. Right now, the pay disparities between men and women's sports can be anywhere from 15% to 100%. 
the average female athlete is making anywhere from 15% to 100% less than her average male counterpart. And that's according to a study from last year from Adelphi University. That's not an entirely encouraging thing to hear, but the last couple years have been really encouraging, especially when you look at the U.S. women's soccer team who had their big settlement back in February to have equal pay as the men's team. It's still a lot of work to be done. Title IX kind of creates this pipeline of female athletes where at the youth level and at the college level, they are given the same opportunities, which then sets the groundwork for the professional level. And therefore, there's now so many more women athletes who can then go on and do it professionally rather than just playing when they were younger and then having to change their career, become a mother, whatever it is. The gap exists because on a bigger scale, women's sports is kind of in its infancy compared to men's sports in terms of being recognized by the modern society. There's really only been 50 years of women's sports. All of these professional leagues did not exist 50 years ago. I think a lot of the progress that we've seen at chipping away at the pay gap in women's sports is from the athletes themselves and not necessarily the executives or the leagues. It requires the athletes to either take these teams or these governing bodies to court or their players' unions to really battle in the boardroom at the table to really bargain for what they deserve. Thankfully, it seems like a lot of the commissioners and the leagues are listening right now. And I think that's turning into the fact that we're seeing these minimum salaries go up and we're seeing these settlements. And it also turns then to investors and finding people on Madison Avenue willing to put in money to these leagues and to these teams and to these athletes to give them the investment that they deserve. The NCAA's name, image, and likeness rule has been a massive success for women. About two-thirds of the NIL deals have gone to men, but through March, 60% of the non-football deals have gone to women. So when you look at the breakdown of college athletes who have NIL deals, women's basketball is second behind football. And then women's volleyball, women's swimming and diving, and softball are within the top six, and that's of all sports, the NIL deals are giving them a resource that they never had before. You think about it a lot with some of the Olympic sports as well. College gymnastics had a huge boom this season because of the NIL deals that they were allowed to make. If she sticks this dismount, it could be another 10 for Sunisa Lee. Oh, Sunni continuing to rewrite the record books. So I think in a way it keep some of the really star athletes in college because they can start making that money that they deserve a little sooner. But it's also just recognizing the women who only for so long have college as the final stopping point to make at least some money from the sports that they're playing. I think we are not close to seeing women athletes being paid the same as men. I think I saw a graphic this week that LeBron James is salary this season was three times as much as the entire WNBA salary for the whole season, which is absurd. I do think these last couple years have been really encouraging, though, that things are moving in the right direction when it comes to closing the pay gap. It's still an upward 
battle, but it seems it feels a little less steep because people are finally starting to look at it a bit differently. And what it's going to take is just more exposure, more promotion. It just needs to be a bit more of the everyday and not a special event. <laughs> These are athletes who are putting their entire careers and bodies and souls into the sports that they play. But a lot of times we don't see that full commitment like we do with men's sports. And you can't just expect things to change overnight, especially when we do live in a patriarchal society. We need to find these certain subjects and chip away at the issues. It is burdensome and it's frustrating to think that it does have to be done, but you have to start somewhere. You can't see true equality without doing these smaller battles first. My name is Jamie Lasanti, and I am the Assistant Managing Editor of Special Projects at Sports Illustrated. 50 years post-Title IX, I really feel like for women's sports media coverage, this is a huge turning point moment in 2022. Now that we've passed the anniversary and we've got six, seven months of women's sports under our belt, it's more evident than ever that this is a big point in time for leagues, for women, for the media outlets, for everyone across the board. The anniversary is definitely a celebration worthy, but there's also so much more progress to be made. Right now, the sports industry realizes that there is an appetite for women's sports and people are hungry for it and they're getting really frustrated by the fact that they can't find things. But on the flip side, when they do put women's sports front and center, the proof is there. If you give them the opportunity to watch it, women will match or even beat what men's sports are doing ratings-wise and viewership-wise and even attendance-wise. I think the Euros are sort of the best example because it was sold out, everyone was watching, and now all of a sudden, the USA, England friendly, that's going to happen in October, immediately sold out and people are like, okay, when can I watch, right? There's this renewed interest, which is really well-timed ahead of Women's World Cup in the summer of 2023. In the next few years, both the NWSL and the WNBA are going to have the opportunity to renegotiate their broadcast contracts. So right now, both leagues are locked into these deals and whether it's with ESPN or other big partners, the games are on TV, you can watch them. But I think there's a lot of frustration by fans, players, owners, teams, etc. that the games are there, but they're sometimes on at strange times and they're sometimes hard to find. And maybe they're also overlapping with other big sporting events, particularly men's sporting events. The renegotiation of these broadcast deals is going to be a huge factor, increasing visibility and accessibility for fans. Again, the appetite is there. Fans have proven that they want to watch women's sports. So I think we're going to see these major leagues start to have super lucrative deals, but deals that also allow 
fans to watch on many different channels or on channels that are just easier to find, part of packages, more streaming options, things like that. I think fans have proven that when there's something big on TV, whether it's a women's match, men's match, whatever it is, if you give them that prime time, you'll capture that prime time audience. So I think that will be a huge factor in visibility and accessibility for me are the two most important ones that broadcasters and leagues need to figure out to get the product out there. And on the flip side, places like Sports Illustrated can start to tell the story of these women and their personalities. And we can get to know the women both in competition and we can see crazy highlights and we can really get engaged in the competition, but then also get to know them and their personalities and what they stand for and all of the things that we attach to with men's sports in a lot of ways. We talk about cultural acceptance or the idea of the mainstream fan embracing a female athlete versus a male athlete. I think when you see something, it's a lot easier to kind of, quote unquote, accept it. And then that personality angle really can bring people down to a personable level where you can kind of feel connected to an athlete in a lot of ways. I like to think of myself as a positive person. So I'm hopeful because doing all of this research and learning and hearing from the women of 50 years ago who were coming up at this time of Title IX, there has been already so much progress. And because I feel like with the anniversary of Title IX and everything that's been happening in women's sports and just generally in our country, I feel like this is a turning point. This is a big moment. And I don't think the sports industry, the money makers, the stakeholders, the people who are involved here that steer the ship in a way, I don't think they will let this fall through. I think this is the moment where things start to climb. Is it going to happen a straight shot? Not at all. I don't think so. I think we'll have some issues where there's a game at the same time of a really big men's event or something gets bumped onto ESPN2. These things are going to happen, but hopefully less so as we continue to go along. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, 
tickets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. My name is Emma Bachelary. I'm a staff writer at Sports Illustrated, where I primarily cover baseball, but also women's sports, including women's college basketball and college softball. If you'd like to buy an NBA jersey and you log on to NBA.com and navigate to the store, you'll see that you can buy pretty much any jersey you want. There are 2,707 currently available for sale, which includes every single player in the league, any size you want, youth, adult, men's, women's, home away, alternate jerseys, plenty of options, 2,707. If you'd like a WNBA jersey, on the other hand, you navigate to WNBA.com, to the store section, and you'll see 45 jerseys. Not 45 players whose jersey are, is available for sale, 45 jerseys which includes multiple options for a handful of the biggest stars like Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, and none at all for many others. If fans want a jersey for a favorite player, they might have to do a more expensive, customized option because the jerseys simply aren't made. In reporting this, I talked to Tyrone Palmer, who's a Chicago Sky fan who's followed the team for years. He was very excited when the team won the WNBA Finals last year and decided it was finally time for him to pick up a Kalia Copper jersey. She was named Finals MVP. This is her fifth season with the Sky, her sixth season in the WNBA. He assumed it would be easy to get a jersey. You know, she's been on this team for a while. She's been in the league even longer. Why wouldn't you be able to get a jersey of the Finals MVP? And yet he found out that it was impossible. It just wasn't available. He was looking, looking, thought surely after winning 
finals MVP, something is going to change here. And it didn't. The fact that that wasn't available was just frustrating. He knew he wasn't alone, that he wanted to give his money to the league. He wanted to support his favorite team, a player that he loved, and it just wasn't there. The league has said it would be working on this for a while. This last year has kind of made it into a tipping point. And so finally, eventually, Kalia Copper jerseys were made available, put in stock on the league's website, and Tyrone Palmer was finally able to get his hands on a jersey. This is a complicated, multi-layered issue. The league has said that they're interested in making a change here, and we have seen more investment in the last couple of years. But they only got their first major merch partner in Dick Sporting Goods two years ago. The last two years have obviously been kind of a fraught time for supply chains, for trying to build out new products. There are complicated moving pieces there that it takes a while to get something up and running. But I do think part of it is not realizing what the demand is there. The reason it took so long to get this off the ground, even as you had fans clamoring, please let me give you money. I want to buy a jersey. I want options. I will do what it takes to be able to rep my team, my favorite player. Just let me pay you for that. Those voices were being heard on social media. You hear it at arenas. And it took a really long time for them to recognize, okay, this is an actual demand. There's a constituency in the WNBA fan base that wants this, and it's worth going out and trying to meet it. I think this is a situation where, yes, in raw numbers, the fan bases here are much smaller than what you might see in older, more established leagues that have that kind of big mainstream popularity in many men's sports. But even though the fan bases can be smaller, they're so passionate because they've had to really fight to get access to the sport they want to see. You can't accidentally walk into becoming a fan of women's sports. It's usually you have to make a conscious choice. Like this isn't in prime time. This isn't on basic cable. I have to go seek this out. I have to put in the effort to to follow this, to establish this fandom. It's not the sort of thing that you can just pick up by osmosis. There's real dedication here for a lot of these fans. I'm Julie Kliegman, and I'm the copy chief at Sports Illustrated. I also report on mental health and trans athletes. This might make me sound really cynical, but I think the landscape for trans athletes right now is kind of bleak. It's very daunting. There are so many states, more than 15, that currently ban trans athletes from participating on it might be the middle school level, the high school level, the college level. Most of those laws are targeted at girls and women, but there are laws targeted at boys and men too. And so the question is who has the right to be a woman under Title IX? And that's at the center of all of this. And I think we have a long way to go if we wanna prioritize inclusion in those spaces. Title IX is a little murky with regard to trans athletes. There's been a similar ruling on Title VII that does apply to gender-based discrimination in a separate area, not about sports. Title VII prohibits employment discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. Is that a one-to-one where you can kind of like port that over to Title IX? Not necessarily. Obviously, advocates think yes, and people who oppose trans rights think no. And upon taking office, President Biden said that Title IX does prohibit gender-based discrimination, but that doesn't really go far enough to 
answer the question. So the question is kind of unresolved as to how Title IX addresses this issue. Anti-trans proponents have said that protecting Title IX is what they're doing when they ban trans athletes from participation. When they talk about protecting women, they're really talking about cisgender women and girls, not transgender women and girls. Regardless of how you want to read Title IX or what your interpretation of it is, this is clearly discrimination based on gender identity. Celebrations of Title IX honestly rang a little bit hollow to me for this reason, because I think it was the very next day that some restrictions on trans athletes started coming down. Yeah, we're talking about how conditions have improved for certain categories of women and certain categories of people. And Title IX has a long way to go with regard to all female athletes. I don't think many people would dispute that, that there's still gains to be made. The stakes in this Title IX debate are really high for trans athletes. It's been shown scientifically that even when these quote-unquote debates happen around their identity, that's detrimental to their mental health. Let alone actually being banned and prevented from, honestly, just on most levels, recreational activities with their friends. That's really serious. A lot of queer youth don't participate in sports to begin with because they don't feel welcome. And this is only exacerbating that issue. I think the important thing to note here is that transgender people are people, trans athletes are athletes. We do best in sports when we invite the full range of competition and make everybody feel welcome. And that's the first and foremost goal of sports on almost every level is to have fun. And on the Olympic and pro levels, it's about facing the best competition you could possibly face. So I don't see why we wouldn't encourage that. Mainstream acceptance is a really amorphous concept. But I think the big thing is just feeling like a women's sports fan, anyone who wants to watch women's sports can just see it as an accepted part of the sports landscape, not its own little niche or silo. We've seen a lot of steps toward that in the last couple of years, I think, with what's on TV. Social media, I think, has been really great for harnessing the energy of fans who want to see that, who are excited to show up when it's put out there for them, of bringing in new fans who are recognizing there is something here that I want to engage with. So we've seen a lot of strides toward it, I think, but there's still just a long way to go to having that feel like the accepted norm. It's not just about women in sports, it's about women in society and women in other forms of media, whether it's movies or TV shows or music or anything. This doesn't happen in a, a vacuum, right? But I do think that part of the reason you have seen change in the last couple of years is as you've also seen change in other areas in terms of women having a seat at the table, women getting more representation in different areas of business, of media, all of that, um, that all builds on each other. So even if it's not sports specific, I think you see kind of the accumulation effect. 
The Sports Bra is a bar in Portland, Oregon that only shows women's sports. It was really cool and exciting to have this conversation with the owner, Jenny, who started this because it was something that she felt she wanted and didn't have access to. She was tired of going to a bar with friends and the tipping point for her was going on the night of the women's final four a few years ago and having to ask, can this please be put on a TV and you get one TV in the corner with no sound. And just feeling like there are enough fans out there who would come to just to watch the women's final four, to watch women's college basketball, women's sports in general. There's an audience there who would want to feel like there's a place for them to feel like there's a kind of environment that not just tolerates women's sports fans, but welcomes them and caters to them and recognizes them as their own group. She was someone who has a lot of experience working in kitchens. She's primarily a chef, but decided she was going to take a leap and open her own place and have it be a sports bar that only shows women's sports. There are lots of expected challenges with opening up your own establishment. It's obviously not an industry with lots of room for error. But one of the things that surprised her was that the hardest part was how do you fill a calendar with just women's sports? That even though there were lots of sports out there, in terms of what's actually on TV, it's not like there's a women's sports cable package the same way you can do the NFL Sunday package. Like These options aren't just presented out there for fans. You really had to hunt down one sport at a time. Some of these aren't on cable. Some of these are on Twitch, on smaller platforms where you have to access in a different way when you're trying to show them at a bar. So it was surprisingly complicated to have to fill out how do we actually make sure we have something on whenever someone walks into the bar, we have a woman's sport on TV. I'm really hopeful by what we've seen over the last few years. The viewership numbers that we've seen for women's college basketball, for women's college softball, women's soccer, the NWSL, the U.S. women's national team, those numbers do give me a lot of hope. That people have recognized when you put this out there, there are a lot of people who want to tune in and watch, but it's more complicated than that. I think the last few years have been inspiring and, and heartening. There's still a long way to go. Well, I don't think we're there yet. Thanks for listening and a reminder to please rate and review the show. It helps people find us. Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit SI.com. This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Jessica Yarmoski, Jordan Rizzieri, and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producers are Dan Bloom and Harry Swartout. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and me, John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. And if you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this. I have been athlete since I was four years old because my mom put me in everything she could 
when I was younger because I had way too much energy and she couldn't deal with me. So she found everything that she could sign me up for and was basically like, get this child out of my house. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.